Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Could you possibly be the jerk for choosing a specific first dance song for your wedding? Apparently so. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, am I the jerk for wanting my own room? I, 24-year-old female, and my fiancé, 25-year-old male, are moving into a small three-bedroom house together in a couple of months. I had never had my own room growing up and share a room with a roommate in my current living situation to save up money. I always felt the need to share and felt guilty when I wanted to be alone in my room, but couldn't since someone else was there. The only time I had a room all to myself was when my roommate or sibling was away. Even so, I didn't feel like I truly had a room to myself. When discussing the use for one of the spare rooms in our soon-to-be house, I mentioned wanting to turn it into a bedroom for myself when I want to be alone. My fiancé was confused and said he wanted to use the spare room for an at-home gym instead. The other spare room will be an office for when my fiancé needs to work from home. I argued that he already has a claim over one of the spare rooms and that I should be allowed to use the other one for myself. I told him that I was looking forward to having a space all to myself where I can be alone when I want and am the only person that has access to. He argued that the point of moving in together was to share everything with each other and not just coexist in the same space. He said he would change his mind on wanting a gym if we agree to turn the second room into a guest bedroom that both of us can use when we want to be in our own space. I feel like I would still be sharing. If I have a room to myself to use and he wants to be alone at times, I can just go into my own room and give him the space he wants. We would be splitting the expenses 50-50 so I don't think I'm being that unreasonable. Am I the jerk for wanting to have my own room? I don't think OP's being unreasonable only because I'm assuming he would probably not want to share his office. So it's not fair that he gets to share two of the three rooms with you and gets one all to himself as well. If you want to make a big deal about moving in together and compromising, then he should actually compromise. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoyed getting to decide whether or not all of these people are jerks, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, am I the jerk for not wanting to apologize over and over again for my daughter's upbringing? I, 45-year-old female, had my daughter CJ, now 28-year-old female, when I was 17 years old. Her father didn't stick around and we really struggled for a bit. Even when I graduated college, I had a bunch of student loan debt as well as juggling rent, food, and other expenses. CJ never lacked necessities, but I admit she didn't get a lot of material possessions. I would try and save up as much as possible to make Christmas and birthdays as fun as possible, but she didn't get much else throughout the year and we only went on two vacations total in her childhood. We definitely ate a lot of struggle meals and had to move often. We honestly teetered on the poverty line. When CJ was 17, I was finally debt free, got a promotion at work, and was doing much better. I did start to give her things throughout the year. I used my bonus to take her to Disney World, somewhere she always wanted to go but couldn't. It was nice that after years of struggling I could spoil her a little. She went off to college and in this time I met my husband Matthew. 
We got married and now have two kids together, Jack, 5-year-old male, and Melissa, 6-year-old female. With our combined incomes, we live quite comfortably. I admit Jack and Melissa have gotten a lot more than CJ did at that age. I've certainly never left her out. She's always invited on our trips. We pay. I get her random gifts throughout the year. Birthdays and Christmases are bigger. I'm trying to make it as even as I can, but I know it realistically will never be. CJ first pointed out the discrepancy a couple of years ago when we took the kids to Disney. CJ went with us. I sat CJ down and apologized for her childhood. I said I wish it was in a better place when she was their age. I know I can never truly make up for it, etc. I said I know it'll take time for her to heal from that. I thought that was it, but since then, CJ has constantly complained whenever her siblings get anything. I'm always super sensitive to her feelings, validate them, etc. But things came to a head recently on Jack's birthday. Instead of a party, he opted to see the off-Broadway production of Frozen. We as always invited CJ to come along, as well as her fiancé. The whole night she was pouting and seemed upset. I tried talking to her but she brushed it off. We went to dinner after the show. Jack and Melissa were excitedly talking about it. CJ then butted in, You know what I got for my fifth birthday, Jack? A Barbie from the dollar store. The kids didn't really see the big deal, but the adults at the table understood. I was civil the rest of the meal, but later called CJ and told her what she did was unacceptable. I cannot continuously apologize for her upbringing and she can't throw it in my face. I asked if she wanted me to give her siblings less simply because she did. She said no, but that she can bring it up whenever she wants and she'll continue to do so. I said I was disappointed and hung up. Later, CJ sent me a very long text telling me I was a horrible mother. Am I the jerk? I think CJ is just very clearly going through a lot of stuff internally. I feel bad for them because it's just clear that they're struggling with some tough thoughts to themselves that really aren't true and it's kind of manifesting in bad behavior. I don't know if there's much OP can do to kind of curb this behavior or have them get some kind of help without things flaring up to an even higher degree. I just wish OP the best of luck in that I think they've been doing all they can and have been doing good to be the best mother they can back then and now. Maybe the one thing that could help this is one-on-one time with OP and CJ doing things. Things that feel special and are specifically special for CJ rather than just inviting CJ to things. Our next story is, am I the jerk for refusing to apologize to my girlfriend for not recognizing her? I, male 22, recently suffered a traumatic brain injury and I've developed prosopagnosia, face blindness. I'm able to vaguely recognize my immediate family, but it's near impossible for me to recognize anyone else unless I remember other distinctive cues about their appearance, such as a unique hair color or accessory. This has been really hard on me and I've been hospitalized for the past two weeks for other medical reasons related to my TBI. I texted my girlfriend, female 21, to explain my condition to her and linked her some articles on it. She insisted on visiting me since she hadn't seen me since I was hospitalized. When she came into my room, I wasn't sure whether she was my cousin, my cousin had planned on visiting too, a nurse, or my girlfriend. She didn't say anything to introduce herself, so I asked her, can you tell me who you are? When she replied, I could hear that she was extremely mad and I recognized her voice as my girlfriend's. She said, are you freaking for real? You don't recognize me? 
and I told her that I physically cannot recognize her. And she started crying about how that means she wasn't important enough to recognize and a whole lot of other stuff. I was honestly hurt that she was upset with me over a medical condition that I recently acquired and I'm struggling with. This has changed the entire course of my life and has caused me so much emotional pain already. Not to mention the other trauma I sustained from my accident. If she had read my explanation I texted her, or the articles I sent, she would understand that my ability to recognize her has nothing to do with my care for her. She got upset at me for not apologizing to her, but I refused and told her to leave me alone and go home. Am I the jerk? This is just terrible, terrible insecurity and hoping for some magical Disney movie moment where OP has an awakening moment. But this is real life, this is a traumatic brain injury. She needs to come off of her fairy tale cloud and try to support OP. Or if OP and their traumatic brain injury is too much for her to deal with, at least spare OP the worry of pretending that she cares. This next story is, am I the jerk for telling my girlfriend that her having depression isn't an excuse to be a slob? Recently, my girlfriend moved in with me a couple of months ago into my home due to her being on bad terms with her parents. Living with her has been a little bit of a struggle because she's a very messy person. She leaves her clothes everywhere on the floor and on the bed. Can't be bothered to fold or hang up her clothes in the closet. I swear, she uses our bed as a closet. She sometimes brings food into the room and doesn't throw it away. Even worse, she sometimes puts the garbage under the bed so I don't complain about it. I don't even want to get started on what the bathroom looks like. I had to start using the guest bathroom. I understand that having depression can make it harder for someone to take care of themselves and their environment, but I feel like there's a limit to where you're just using it as an excuse to just do whatever and not care, especially when you're living in someone else's home. I keep telling her to clean up after herself and that I'm tired of cleaning up after a grown woman and she always responds that she has depression and ADHD, which I don't see how that's an excuse. You have depression? Sure. How does that make you leave garbage everywhere and be a slob? I don't get it, you're an adult. Act like it. She got angry and accused me of not giving a freak about what she's going through and called me an unsympathetic moron. Apparently, I'm not being supportive and understanding of her mental health because I have a problem with her treating my house like it's a garbage dump. Am I the jerk here? I feel like I was overly harsh because I probably could have addressed this issue in a friendlier way. But after many attempts of trying to get her to be more clean and pick up after herself, I just had enough. This is a really difficult one to me because it seems like there is definitely issues at hand that are influencing these behaviors. But at the same time, going to the lengths of intentionally hiding things under the bed just to avoid, I don't know, properly throwing them away, seems a bit much. Is OP the jerk for just saying I've had enough of this? Our next story is, am I the jerk for kicking my sister out of my engagement dinner because she wouldn't stop taking photos and made a scene? I'm blessed to be marrying the love of my life. My engagement party was booked at an upscale restaurant. And prior to the day, I sat my sister down and told her that I wanted the party to be focused on the wedding, and to please not go above and beyond to take photos for her social media page. I might give flack for this part, but my sister is trying really hard to become famous online. I've never said anything to her because she's an adult and this is her life, but for my wedding, I really didn't want her to pull any of her antics, because she doesn't just take a few photos to post. She's the embarrassing, in my opinion, 
caricature of the perpetually online influencer. She'll order two dishes at a restaurant, one to take photos of because it's prettier, and the second to actually eat. She's stopped traffic before to take outfit photos in the street. She's also staged fake things to post online. One time, she started crying in a Starbucks and made a fake story up about how the barista bullied her. I want to make it clear that I did not bar my sister from taking photos. I just didn't want her doing something that would embarrass me. Everything was okay, until she literally stood on top of her chair to take a top-down photo of her meal. Everyone was staring and in shock, and a waiter had to come and ask her to sit down. She refused to and started to loudly argue with the waiter, saying that she was the sister of the bride, and then started to loudly sob that she was getting bullied. I was mortified, and immediately had the groomsmen escort her out of the room. She's since blasted me on social media, calling me the jerk for not handling the situation with more grace and empathy. She says I could have given her a warning instead of kicking her immediately out. I was kind of panicking, so I wonder if I could have handled it better. I mean, it's already kind of going too far if they were doing that in like an actual restaurant, let alone a place that's specifically all about a celebration of you and your partner becoming engaged. I just can't blame OP one bit. Like I said, they would already be going way too far if this was just a restaurant. This next story is, am I the jerk for not letting my miracle baby niece be my flower girl at my wedding? My 27-year-old female, older brother and sister-in-law, both mid-30s, just welcomed their first child a year and a half ago, after years of trying. After many failed attempts, sister-in-law was told that she wouldn't be able to conceive due to a medical condition she has. They finally got pregnant. Since having my niece, the baby has been the center of attention at every family event we've had since she was born. Birthdays, weddings, family get-togethers, you name it. Now don't get me wrong, I love my niece. But it can get to be a little too much when my sister-in-law goes on and on about how long they try to conceive, complications they've had, miscarriages they've had, etc. Like, a little too much info? Many family members have commented on how it's a little bit excessive, but no one said anything because they don't want to sound like a jerk. Anyway, I'm getting married in the spring, and my brother and sister-in-law approached me last weekend about having my niece be the flower girl. Now, my fiancé, 35-year-old male, has two children, 10-year-old male and 6-year-old female, from his previous marriage. His son is one of his groomsmen, while his daughters asked to be our flower girl when we told them the news that we were getting married a year ago as it's something she's always wanted to do, so of course we said yes. So I explained this to my sister-in-law when she asked me about my niece. She asked if my stepdaughter can just carry my niece with her. I said I don't think she'll be comfortable with that considering she's six. She then asked why I can't give that role to my niece and allow herself to carry my niece down as the flower girl. I said no because I'd already promised my stepdaughter. She then started going off about how my lack of effort to incorporate my niece is disgusting to her. I should honor her in some way since I know how long and hard they tried for my niece. Now, I may sound like a jerk for this, but I kind of got fed up and snapped and said, Incorporate my niece how? By the time this wedding comes around, she'll be two years old. The entire family already knows your story about how long and hard you guys tried for her. What more do you expect me to do to honor her? She started crying and said that clearly I don't love my one and only niece and I'm letting her down. I said of course I love my niece and obviously she's going to be involved in pictures. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that after finishing a small questionnaire will match you with a licensed therapist where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Pictures and stuff, but I'm not going to let my stepdaughter down by giving my niece a role she's too young to remember anyway. Well, now sister-in-law and my brother are pissed off with me for not letting my niece be flower girl and are running around telling the rest of the family I don't love my niece. My mom's been trying to stay neutral, but thinks my stepdaughter would understand if I explained to her I need to give that role to my niece. I'm firm in my decision though, and my fiancé is thankful that I didn't let his daughter down. Am I the jerk for not allowing my niece to be the flower girl? I think you have a right to pick whoever you want to be your flower girl. And I think you have the right to pick not only whoever you want, but to not be shamed for picking whoever you want. Also, I agree with OP. I think nobody really wants to hear too much into the how hard you've been trying to have this baby. It's a bit weird to just keep telling everybody you can, yeah, we've been trying so hard every day for years. I mean, just use your common sense. What picture is created when you say you've been trying to do that every day for years? It is a bit TMI. Our next story is, am I the jerk for not wanting to pay for dinner? Typing this out sounds insane, but I really don't think I'm in the wrong, but I need to know. A friend invited me to a dinner party at her house a few weeks ago. The actual dinner party was last night. I asked if I should bring anything, but she said no, it's not a potluck, she'll be making dinner for everyone. There were seven of us total and the food was good. During the meal, we were all laughing and called our friend, dinner host, a chef, because she made a big dinner for all of us and we all said how much we appreciated it because it's hard to get everyone together at the same time. 
At the end of the dinner, we all helped clean, wash the dishes, and then had some wine. It started getting late, so people started to head out. And on our way out, the dinner host said, don't forget to Venmo, Cash App, or Zell her. Some of us were confused because we had no idea what we had to send her. So I asked her, what am I sending you money for? And she said, for cooking dinner. I said, I don't understand why we should pay. She said, because I spent my money and hosted the dinner and cooked. I said, none of us asked you to. You volunteered to do it and you never mentioned paying until now. She said, I didn't do this for free. I said, you should have told us before you hosted that you expected this. I don't think it's fair to just bring this up and expect people to pay. She called me a jerk and said again that she didn't spend hours to cook and grocery shop for free. I've never heard of this, like ever. We kept arguing and after a while I just Venmoed her the $40 she asked for. I don't think I'm the jerk at all, and some of my friends agree with me. Some have said it's normal to pay for dinner during a dinner party at someone's house, so now I'm not sure. I would believe honestly enough that it's normal enough. But I think it's only normal if you tell them before the event that there's a charge. In no way should anybody normalize having a dinner party and then expecting to be paid afterwards with no prior mention. This next story is, am I the jerk for not giving my daughter who eloped cash for her honeymoon? My daughter Jane recently eloped with her partner of 5 years. My wife and I were excited when they got engaged to plan a wedding, but she said she didn't want to rush setting a date or planning a wedding. This was understandable to us and we didn't want to rush them either, but we let her know that we would contribute a set amount to her wedding when the time came. Then last week, she tells us she has an announcement and that they actually eloped together because they didn't want the big event with all the attention on them. This was a little disappointing, but we understood. She's never been the type to want to be in the spotlight, so while we weren't expecting it, it wasn't the biggest shock in the world. What did feel like a shock is when she assumed we'd just give her that amount of cash straight up. She said they wanted to use it to take a month-long traveling sabbatical slash honeymoon. My wife and I told her the money we were prepared to give her was for a family event, not just for her to do as she pleases. If she didn't want a traditional wedding, that's fine. But we never told her we were just giving her, say, 15000 for the act of getting married. We just didn't want her to have to spend a ton of her own funds on a wedding, and since relatives and family friends would have presumably been there, we were happy to pay for it so she wouldn't have to. Two of my nieces have gotten married in the last couple of years, and it's a family event to us. Not just about the two people getting married. This has caused a whole thing with her saying that we went back on our word to her, but in my mind we never told her otherwise. We did say if she wants a second ceremony or a family event to celebrate, but wouldn't be an official wedding, we would sponsor that. If she had asked if she eloped or had a tiny wedding, if we would give her some of it for a honeymoon, we may have considered it. But it's hard to know because we were never given the request. They just went and did their own thing, which again, is fine. Am I the jerk for not just giving her the cash we would have paid? I think OP is definitely not the jerk, and I think anybody could probably see the realistic distinction between the two situations. It's one thing to say, well if you want to have a big spectacle, we'll help you cover that. And then just expecting, well screw the spectacle, just give us all the cash for it anyways and we'll spend it on what we want to. This next story is, am I the jerk for no longer wanting to go over to my in-laws after they refused to let me get in their pool? I, 24-year-old female, and my boyfriend, 23-year-old male, 
were invited to a football draft pool party at his parents' house. They had just moved to Florida, so everyone flew in to draft their players. They just bought a new house in Florida and now have a pool. His parents invited my boyfriend and I over since my boyfriend's in charge of the draft and because we live in an apartment and needed a bigger place to host the party. His dad usually hosts the party and offered to do it this past year, which we greatly appreciated. Anyways, fast forward, I helped put together a board where the guys can write their players on every round and helped my boyfriend's mom set up the food. The party started and I changed into my swimsuit. I was finishing up setting up the food with his mother when my boyfriend asked me to come outside. He wanted me to get in the pool. I'd like to note I was wearing a one-piece that was not revealing as I wanted to respect everyone there. Plus, I felt more comfortable in it anyways. I have body image issues. When I was unbuttoning my shorts, his dad called me inside. His boyfriend's dad and mom pulled me into their room and proceeded to tell me that no women are allowed in the pool. The reason is because they don't want to distract the men or make them uncomfortable. I was in shock and didn't know what to say back. It was their home after all, so I just said okay and didn't press any further. Fast forward and my boyfriend's asking me where I am via text. And I tell him I'm inside helping his mom still, but he insists that I come outside again to talk. He tells me to get in again and I keep telling him I don't want to, trying not to make a scene or play victim. He noticed my odd behavior and when I finally told him the truth, he was pissed. He told his parents they were out of line and that the rule was unnecessary and stupid. They still said no to me getting in the pool. Later the next day we're going home and I brought up how I felt. I felt small, disrespected and frankly embarrassed. I further explained that his parents were extremely inconsiderate for inviting us over and never telling us this rule that they suddenly made. He told me that they are old school. And I told him that they were ignorant and inconsiderate and that I didn't feel comfortable going over there again. He told me I was being overdramatic. Am I the jerk for not wanting to go over to my in-laws anymore? It's maybe one thing if they said this dumb rule ahead of time. But for them to act like that when you got into your swimsuit which wasn't even revealing to begin with, definitely OP's not the jerk here, right? This next story is, am I the jerk for avoiding a game day I wasn't invited to? My, female 45, husband, male 44, has a group of friends he occasionally has over for a day of board games, like 8 to 10 hour stretch. He goes to their houses to do the same. In the past, I was invited lots of the time, along with other wives or girlfriends. As we got older and kids came along, or for whatever reason, I'm not invited to participate. No other partners do either. It's probably been about 5 or 6 years. I've known these people for more than 20 years and I like them. I like games too, but whatever, it's his friend group, not mine. To be clear, I'm explicitly not invited to join in. Now, when he hosts, I try to be out of the house doing other things. When I am home, I go to a different floor of the house and just hang out by myself. I say hi briefly when I see his friends, but I don't stick around or have longer conversations. He asked why I'm like this, with annoyance after the last one. He says one guy's wife is in the kitchen with them and cooks for them most of the day. She likes doing that. It's not a weird gender role thing. Another sits with them and chats. He says it's awkward that I don't do that and very clearly avoid the house entirely if I can, and then that floor if I can't. From my perspective, informed by a lonely childhood, I have absolutely no interest in hanging around the edges of a social thing I'm not invited to. 
That seems so sad or pitiful or desperate. I kind of had enough of doing that sort of thing more than 30 years ago. I'm not invited. How could I possibly tell if I'm an annoyance or too much or affecting the dynamic from what they intended the dynamic to be by not having partners there? Further, it does hurt that I've been included and now I'm not. I really liked them in playing games. I guess that wasn't so much mutual. I'm also kind of sad that I'm not in a marriage where couple friends are a thing. We're friendly to each other's friends, but he, while entirely welcome, also isn't interested in hanging out with my friends. Maybe that's a rare situation for people. It's not what he wants and he has a right to that, but I can be sad about it. He seems to think I'm therefore pouting and taking it out on him. I think if I'm not included, it's crazy that there would be a problem with me absolutely not being there. So tell me, am I being an awkward and rude jerk? I think OP maybe kind of hinted at it, where this was like a get together and partners and wives were invited. But when the kids came along, all of a sudden you stopped being invited. Is it because they expected you to stay back and watch the kids? I mean, even still, I could totally understand them wanting to have a guy's night every so often. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But it is weird if they're like, well, we still want you around, just don't take part in it. Like, what are you, a painting? Sounds to me like they just want you around so you can play waitress all day. Our next story is, am I the jerk for not wanting to make dinner every night? I, 40-year-old female, had jaw surgery in November and have had my jaw wired shut ever since. I'm mostly surviving on Ensure, blenderized soups, smoothies, and baby food. It's been tough. During this time, I've continued to make my child's breakfast every morning, make his lunch for school, do the grocery shopping, and make dinner most nights. Honestly, it's torture. My husband, 40, works full-time and doesn't really feel like cooking when he gets home. I get it, but at the same time, making dinner every night and having to watch and smell it cook when I know I can't eat it is awful. And I know there are a lot of ways to blend proper meals, but by the time I add enough broth, juice, etc. to make it drinkable, it's disgusting. The other night, I asked if he could make dinner at least a few nights a week, and he got pretty offended. He said that since I'm not working, I'm on medical leave, it's nice to come home to dinner being ready and not having to rush to start it. Last night, I thought I could compromise and get all of the ingredients prepared and ready so he could just do the actual cooking, and he was pretty ticked off all night. Am I being unreasonable? Am I the jerk for not wanting to cook every night? Now, I understand getting home from a full day of work and not wanting to have to go and make food. I think this compromise OP provided is very fair. Like, what is it, 30 minutes tops to cook a meal? Especially when you have everything prepared for you? Like, surely OP's not laying out a seven-course meal for them to make. God forbid OP's husband compromises for their wife, not even compromises, supports them during a difficult time. This next story is, am I the jerk for not wanting to change my first dance song because of my stepsister's association with it? We've chosen our first dance song. My stepsister's not happy at all because she and her ex-husband also had this at their wedding, and she said she had a lot of memories with this particular song. She asked if I could change it. I told her I get it, but this is what we want and I don't want to change it. She said she understood, but she's been acting different around me and I can tell she was mad or upset. Most people who know about this don't think I'm doing anything wrong. But I had my sister and one of my friends tell me I'm being selfish and not understanding here. Am I the jerk? Some people are asking to edit in my comments, so here they are. 
A few months after my stepsister and their ex got married, he was in a wreck. He thankfully survived but has a very severe traumatic brain injury, among other things. He lives in a specialized nursing home. They did get divorced, but my sister still goes on about how she loves him and visits him occasionally. He doesn't remember who she is most of the time, but my sister said she apparently sang this song to him and he looks like he remembers her, her words. Come what may from the movie Moulin Rouge, my sister sees it as their song. She and her ex first met at the movies when they both went to watch it. Then apparently the restaurant they went to for their first date was also playing it, so they took it as a sign. And as I said, they also played it at their wedding. She also sings it to him sometimes now. I think it's a really nice song and I'd like to play it too. I don't want to have to change it. Everybody pretty much is universally flaming OP for not changing it because of the circumstances their stepsister experienced. Combined with the fact that OP doesn't want to change it just because they like the song. Usually I'm of the opinion that you should be able to do pretty much whatever you want. But I think this is one of those situations where you need to take a step back and just consider the optics and is it really worth it? Like you can't find any other first dance song that might have maybe even more meaning than that just beyond it's a really nice song. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another crazy am I the jerk here story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.